No. Yes. Man, it works every time. Hey, Flex Bros. Uh, tonight, Tom and I discuss uh, the fallout of a couple of other moves in the NFL that weren't discussed last night. And then we're going to talk about our fool's gold players. So players that kind of give that perception that they're uh, giving you more value than they truly are. So we'll take a deep look at four or five guys that you should be trying to package in deals to move up in rookie drafts that are going to be starting here just in the next few weeks. Tajay Sharp, the newest wide receiver for the Minnesota Vikings, will end the year as a wide receiver four. I, I, I can't even fake how, how excited I, I am for, for the Vikings. They just they just added another mediocre player. So I uh I don't I don't I don't have much to talk about Tajay Sharp. You 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 see him uh producing any any fantasy gold next season? No, no. A few weeks ago, I I mentioned I had old BC Johnson on my baby monitor. Um, I think we all kind of knew with Diggs' price that he was going to kind of price himself out of Minnesota after we signed both him and Thielen and then gave Cousins that contract extension. So I, I'm still excited about old BC Johnson. And, yeah, I, I think Tajay Sharp's just going to be a camp body. Uh, we saw Kendall Wright kind of come in a little bit a few years ago in that same role. So I think the Vikings just like to bring in experienced veterans, but I don't expect him to make an impact at all. I think the Vikings are going to be rolling out a lot of two tight end sets. So I'm excited about Irv Smith and Kyle Rudolph. And then uh, Thielen's going to keep doing his thing too. But they're, yeah. they're, as long as Zimber's there, they're going to be focused on the run and all that's going to funnel through Dalvin Cook. I think I think you're right. I think Irv Smith and BC Johnson are the two sleeper plays on the, the offensive side of the ball for the Vikings. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I forgot that we actually had Kendall Wright. I don't know if that was all the tequila I was drinking watching the Vikings games this past year, but I don't even remember him having a significant game at all. So I think he probably slips right into that uh, Kendall Wright uh, role there. So, yeah. Well, I'm excited for tonight's show. We're going to talk about some fool's gold uh, guys. So I've got some um, ways that we're going to define those types of players and what my goal is to do with those players if I'm rostering them anywhere. Uh, But we haven't talked in about a week. I I was down in Florida with the family, and work's been insane. Uh, We don't need to go too deep into uh, the coronavirus, but I know that that's been impacting both our jobs pretty frequently as well on not just a daily basis, but an hourly basis. We've got some, some stuff, uh, more, more things being shut down in Minnesota than than most States. We're going to go in full lockdown mode, uh, this, this Friday night. So I'm excited. We got you on the air and we're probably going to have more free time this weekend with nothing to do to put out more recordings. So, uh, let's, let's catch up on some of the things you wanted to talk about. Yeah. So, um, I had to uh, pass along a message from uh, from Meat Paws, the um, first official winner of uh, the supplement um, giveaway. So he was he was very excited to receive those aminos. Um, so he wanted me to tell everybody when I had my first sip of Ghost Aminos, I came. 
to realize that Ghost is by far the best tasting line of supplements on the market. So wow, yeah. So you you'd, you'd think they were a sponsor with that segment. That was yeah. that was great. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, just uh, just a thanks on uh, on behalf of Meat Paws there, and uh, to the rest of the listeners. Don't forget to uh, submit your uh, your take on where uh, Cam Newton's going to go next season. Yeah, yeah, I've been uh, seeing some interesting predictions on on Cam. I'm still thinking the Jags. Uh, like I said, I feel like every week they just kind of roll out and just kind of wing it. And I think Cam's one of the, the best players to come out and just just wing it, just throw up some 50-50 balls. And uh, he's not afraid to run on uh, third and long as well. And, um, yeah, interested to see where he lands. Do you have any predictions on that? I, I think the, the Jags would be interesting with their uh, offensive line being so horrendous. I, I, I'd be worried that he would, he would get hurt pretty quick again. Um, I think I will take the boring narrative and say that he'll go to the Washington Redskins and be reunited with Ron Rivera. But, um, but yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of hands off on, on Cam Newton and, and fantasy the, the rest of uh, the rest of his career. I, I, I uh, never uh, drafted him too high during his his best years, and then I believe I I took him as my my running back in multiple leagues two seasons ago when he um, he played through through injuries and um, had a very poor performance and lost me some championships. So I think he's he's a another player that I can have on my um, unforgivable segment as well. Yeah, well, and something interesting to think about, too. I haven't heard anybody mention this yet, but um, Cam could easily sign a one-year deal with somebody and play that Taysom Hill role, too. So he's obviously capable of throwing the ball, um, but he'd prefer to run it. And we saw the Titans kind of do that with Mariota a little bit on third and short. And we saw Lamar Jackson do that his rookie season where they just kind of put him in on some some plays just to get the defense's attention and then do something creative. So even if he doesn't get a starting job, he might still make an impact on a team, even playing just like eight to 10 snaps um, on those, those short, those third and short plays or those goal line packages. So yeah. I, I'm interested to see where, where he goes. If the, you, if you, the think same could, uh, you think it's possible he could pull a Michael Vick and be out there running the wildcat. And then they, they decide to just, just roll with him as a full-time starter eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Depending on the team. But I go as far as to say, if the Saints, if if uh, they had lost Taysom Hill, who knows if maybe they'd try to bring Cam in for some interdivisional uh, matchups. But I know with that that tag on Hill, he's not going anywhere. Uh, but the, he, I think Cam's still got a little bit of potential, so he's got a little bit of life left in him. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Well, cool. Well, what else do you got for us? Well, I want to talk about two players um, specifically tonight. One. I know you're, um, we'll call, call you a, a minor fan of uh, Darrell Henderson. And uh, one, one of my um, favorite um, breakout players for this year is uh, Brashad Perriman. So we'll, uh, we'll you know, I, I know you're a little excited that I brought up uh, Darrell Henderson, but we'll, we'll talk about uh, Brashad Perriman first. Um, so he got uh, drafted in, uh, in 2015. Um, I know we're, we're both pretty new to, to Dynasty, so I, I went back and, and looked. And in 2015, he was on average being taken as the wide receiver five in Dynasty drafts. So the uh, the 1.10 overall. 
if you if you drafted Brashad Perriman in 2015, I, I can guarantee you are not a Brashad Perriman fan. Uh, but it, it all comes down to um, talent and opportunity in fantasy. So in 2016, 17, and 18, Perriman played in 37 games. Of those 37 games, he was only a starter in six of them. So um, at best, he was playing as the wide receiver three in the, the Ravens offense. And with, um, with the Browns at, at the end of 2018. Um, so he was, he was the wide receiver three or four or five. And he was playing mostly with Joe Flacco, um, who uh, kind of came to the end of his, his career um, not not being able to throw the deep ball as, as well as he did his, um, his rookie season. That was phenomenal. And uh, the Ravens were also a, a run run heavy offense. So I'm uh, not trying to make excuses for, for Perriman, but but maybe that's kind of the, the narrative you can go with why he, he uh, didn't perform as that um, first round wide receiver for you, for you those those first three years. In, uh, in 2019, this previous season, he was also the uh, the wide receiver three again, playing behind Godwin and Evans. And um, it, in, in 2019, he only started four games of that season. However, in weeks 12 through 17, when he did start three of those five games, he had 25 receptions, 506 yards, and five touchdowns. So if you were to... Um, take the average of those five games and uh, spread it over the 16, 16 game season. He would have ended the year with 80 receptions, 1600 yards and 15 touchdowns. And I know that's a small sample size. I'm not saying Brashad Perriman is going to be a wide receiver one by, by any means. Um, but I mean, to see that the ceiling that, that he had, I mean, when, when Evans and Gavin both went down and, and he got thrown into that, um, starting starting role, and and was the the guy for a couple of those games. I mean, he he was he was making plays, getting over 100 receiving yards, multiple touchdown games. So um, seeing seeing Perriman going to the Jets, being their uh, their deep threat right now, it's basically just him and Jameson Crowder. I, I know we talked last night. We think they're they're probably going to go after Jerry Judy or or C D Lamb, but I I really like. Rashad Perriman in Dynasty as a wide receiver two or wide receiver three. So, do you have, do you have any any thoughts on Perriman? No, yeah, he definitely flashed potential. I I wonder how much of that is going to be uh, linked to Jameis Winston throwing up those 50-50 balls twenty five yards down the field. So, him going to a more conservative Sam Darnold might um, kind of impact his his opportunity, but at the same time. Uh, a lot of those targets had been going to Robbie Anderson. So I, I think uh, he's got that wide receiver too potential. Since we're doing a dynasty show, let's uh, let's tie this back to 2020 picks since this is as hot as those picks are going to be. Well, may, maybe the day after the NFL draft, that's when people are going to get pretty excited. So um, picks are almost at their highest peak right now. So what in like a 12-man league, what uh, what's the highest pick that you'd trade – to acquire Perriman, I would offer the two twelve or three one. Okay, and, and I, yeah. I'm assuming when we talk dynasty, we're not just trying to, to build a team to win in the future. So when we're, we're talking about win now, I I think Perriman, you know, obviously you're not trading for Perriman if you have three or four 
quality receivers already. But if you if you need need that guy for those those bye weeks, and if if you've got somebody like Edelman who you don't know who the quarterback's going to be or if he's going to be able to play all season long, and, and you you want a, a solid backup on your roster that you might throw in four or eight eight times in the season, I I think Perriman's um, a very very good safe option that you can you can spend up for right now. So at the we'll call it the two twelve uh, of a twelve man. That probably means at that spot you'd be getting maybe the tenth or or twelfth wide receiver um, in this class. So are you saying there's probably ten rookies this year that you'd rather have over uh, Brashad Perriman? Yeah, looking at uh, looking at fantasy pros right now. So it looks like Michael Pittman and Brian Edwards are the wide receiver nine and ten. And then after that, it's Tyler Johnson and KJ Hamler. So I'd I'd say probably between um, wide receiver ten and twelve. So about about wide receiver eleven is where I would I would have Paramount on the uh, production side of the twenty twenty season. All right. Well, we can uh, shift our attention to uh, Darrell Henderson for a moment. Yeah, I know. Like. I know you've been you've been itching to to move on. But the last question I have for you, Dynasty. <laughs> Right now, Brashad Perriman or Robbie Anderson, who goes to the Panthers? Um, I would go with with Perriman for sure. I, I haven't been a Robbie Anderson fan, and uh, a little sneak peek, he's going to be one of our fool's gold players we talk about here shortly. Uh, but I, I just don't like the inconsistency. Um, we'll get a little bit deeper into that, but Robbie's going to be competing with targets for Curtis Samuel, who he doesn't have the rapport with with Teddy, but he's still uh, the guy that they've been trying to work over the middle and then go deep as well. Uh, and then, of course, DJ Moore, CMC, Ian Thomas. Uh, there's going to be a lot of different guys that that need targets, and I think Robbie Anderson's been averaging close to 100 targets a year the last few years, and I don't see that happening in Carolina. So I'll take Perriman with his chance for seven-plus targets a game over Robbie Anderson, who might be looking at four or five a game. All right. Well, that was the correct answer. So we can, we can move on to Darrell Anderson now. <laughs> well, we everybody knows I've been pounding my fist for Darrell Henderson, so we don't have to go in too deep. Uh, but I'm just going to say uh, before McVay starts the hype train, uh, probably around the draft, if people ask, if, if they're going to be investing in a running back, I'd expect he comes out with a comment saying, that they've, they've got plenty of guys that they're happy with. And I know they've traded away future picks and they, they uh, traded to move up for Henderson last year. So a, a lot of things that they've done on paper shows exactly what they want to do. And he, like I mentioned in the last show, I think Malcolm Brown, he's a solid backup and that's what they kept him as. Uh, they want to keep him there as a backup. He's been uh, dinged up in the past too. So Henderson's got the, uh, college profile. He's got he's got the burst that we're looking for. Uh, he just needs to be on the field, and that's going to happen this year. Yeah. So I, I uh, I've got got a quick little uh, Darrell Henderson quiz for you to see see how, how big of a fan you actually are of him. Are, are you ready? Yeah. All right. What is his jersey number? Uh, in college, he had number eight. Well, we're, we're and talking about the it, pros. In in the pros, he he wasn't on the field enough for for me to know. All right, well, he's he's number twenty seven. Okay. Do you uh, remember what what pick the Rams used on on Henderson? 
Uh, was it an early third? Yeah, um, it, it was. It was a third round pick. Third round pick. Um, I'm going to say above pick... the first half. So seventy five. It was. It was pick seventy. So I'll, oh, okay. I'll, I'll give you half a point there. That's, okay, that's pretty close. And how many touchdowns did he have his rookie season? Uh, he had zero touchdowns his rookie season in yep. the NFL. Yep, that's that's true. So, <laughs> so we'll we'll call you a a, a, a pretty uh, medium medium sized uh, Darrell Henderson fan right now. Um, so a, a couple of the highlights that I I had I, I know you and me are very different on uh, our beliefs on Darrell Henderson. So so last year when when Todd Gurley wasn't in the game. Um, Malcolm Brown actually had nine carries inside the 10 yard, uh, the 10 yard line and, uh, converted nine of those into five touchdowns. And, uh, Darrell Henderson was only given two carries inside the, the 10 yard line. And anytime that they're, um, within the, the five yard line, um, he, he, uh, Henderson re- received zero, um, touches. So my, my fear for Henderson and for all the, the Henderson enthusiasts out there is that this is just going to be a, a full-blown running back by committee. So I, I know back when the, um, the Ravens lost Ray Rice, they kind of had that gross um, uh, Kenneth Dixon, Alex Collins, uh, uh, who else was uh, Jarvis Allen. And a uh, couple other guys back there. I, I just I just feel like this this backfield could could uh, get get muddled pretty quickly at, at the start of next season. And if, if Henderson isn't getting those those goal line carries, then I think that that really limits his upside. Well, the the difference between that backfield and and the the Rams is Alex Collins was an undrafted guy. He bounced around between a couple of teams, and I'd be surprised if Buck Allen had been picked in. Uh, above the fourth or fifth round in the NFL. Uh, I'm going to have to go and vet that. Um, but with what they invested in Henderson and then what they had invested in Gurley and then letting him go, I I don't think that there's a chance that they don't give this kid the opportunity. So, yeah, um, I know, I know you're high on Ronald Jones and I don't know if you saw his, his buddy, Peyton, Peyton Barber, the starter for the Bucks. He just uh, signed with the Redskins. So what are your thoughts on um, Ronald Jones now without com- competing with the starter? And I'm, ex- I'm excited for, for Ronald Jones. Uh, the, the addition of, uh, of Tom Brady only, only makes things better, in, in my opinion, for, for Ronald Jones. I, I know a lot of people are, are thinking Chris Godwin might end the, end the year as the wide receiver one since he's kind of the, the big slot receiver. They, they think he might take on that, that Edelman role or – OJ Howard could be the the next Gronk, but I I think uh, Tom Brady still wants to hand the ball off and and hopefully they put together a, a decent um, defense so Tom Brady doesn't have to do as much as it, as he used to as his uh, his early days in, in New England. But I, uh, I'm, I I'm I'm very happy for for Ronald Jones. I, I think he's still I think he's going to be the true starter week one. Everybody wanted Melvin Gordon to go to the Bucks and now that all the uh, um, top running back free agents are, are signed, then uh, it, a lot of fantasy experts are predicting that the uh, the Bucks are going to spend high draft capital on a running back for, for Brady. But there's there's so many other holes on that, that defense that need to be addressed that I just I don't see them spending a uh, second or third round pick on a, on a running back this year. 
Well, for anybody that was wondering, Buck Allen, I, I didn't think he uh, was a fourth or fifth round pick. He was taken at the back of a fourth with pick 125. So uh, a little bit higher investment than a early third with Darrell Henderson. Yeah. Uh, but but moving on, what what else did you have? Yeah, I, I, I agree with you that Henderson, the uh, the draft capital is there, much like Ronald Jones. So even if he didn't have a great rookie season, he, he will get the first opportunity to be the, the starting running back this season. Uh, so you say that he's he's a, a has the opportunity to be a, an RB1 this season. What do you think his ceiling is? Uh, I think his ceiling would be uh, top five or top six. I think if he establishes himself as a, a three down back, then he's, he's going to be on the field for uh, a team that has potential to be a top five scoring team. We saw them take a huge step back uh, with the offensive line issues, but we, we see that with teams every year. Uh, it's, it's hard to uh, predict exactly how that offensive line is going to mesh uh, after, after one year of being rebuilt. But those, those guys started to get things together at the end of the season and they started doing a lot more two tight end sets um, incorporating more of the tight ends over the wide receivers if if Brandon Cooks ends up getting released that's going to be one guy uh, taking up less targets so I, I think he's got a, a very high ceiling so would you would you compare him to Todd Gurley or do you think there's another player in the league that is uh, a better comparison for who he could be uh, well, Todd Gurley ended as the one, I think a couple of times. Um, so I, I don't, I don't want to say, I don't want to say the one, but I'll, I'll say he's, if we're comparing him to Todd Gurley right now, I, I think he could finish higher than Gurley this season. So for me, I know I've, uh, I haven't been the nicest about Darrell Henderson. We've talked about him in the past, but I will say, I think his, his ceiling could be Philip Lindsay. So I think he could be a um, thousand yard rushing with uh, 200 yards receiving and uh, seven touchdowns. Um, and then uh, on, on the flip side of that, I think he could also be um, the, uh, the RB 46 Matt Breda from last season, where if they do go out and they, they sign another running back or they draft a running back, then maybe he's, he's, he's in a running back by committee and then ends the season with over 600 yards rushing um, just over 100 yards receiving and and just just one touchdown, so I I, I could see any anywhere in in between those, but I know I know you're much higher than uh than, than I am on him, so I'm I'm hoping for you that 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 you're right. Well, yeah, and luckily he's not competing against seven or eight running backs like Matt Breda was on a weekly basis. <laughs> that, that's true. All right, so uh, did you have anything else about Henderson? Otherwise, I was going to uh ask you one more question no no let's okay let's move on so i i I thought maybe we could just put them into context with the uh the upcoming um rookie draft here so do you like drill henderson more than jonathan taylor uh that that's a split for me because i don't know where where taylor's uh landing spot is yet uh but but do you do you like um henderson more than javon leak uh, yes. Okay. So Javon Leak right now is the, the running back 19. So I, I, um, for, for rookie running backs. So I figured that would be a, uh, a safe one to start at. What about, we, we'll, 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 we'll make this easy for you. I, I prefer him, uh, above all other running backs and he's, he's tied with, uh, Jonathan Taylor at the moment. So right. I'd take him over Swift. I'd take him over, 
uh, CEH, I'd take him over uh, any of those other guys. All right. So he's if if you had a top five rookie pick, that you would you'd be spending that on Henderson right now. Yep, absolutely. Oh, okay. So yeah, that that answers that question. So uh, you want to get into uh, your 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 uh, fools gold segment here? Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. So on the last show, um, we had our Houston Texans insider Nick G, and uh, on the show talking about all the all the um, giveaways that the Texans were doing. So I, I thought I was generous giving away these ghost amino acids. Uh, but here's Bill O'Brien, uh, like Santa Claus, just giving out gold. Um, so we're going to focus on, well, he, on the he's, he's a notorious one-upper. So he heard somebody was giving away supplements. He had, he had to top that. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's not regifted at all. So he, he just takes, he, he, he takes everybody else's regifts. He takes the Randall Cobbs and the, the Kenny Stills. Uh, but he's always out just buying him something new. Uh, so we, what made me think of this segment is we were talking about Kenny Stills, and I was surprised uh, to take a look at his last season and see he only broke 12 fantasy points in half-point scoring three times, and then he actually had eight games of less than eight points. So he, Kenny Stills is a player that a lot of people would probably consider comfortably playing in a um, – in a flex position or wide receiver three position in a, in a good matchup, but he really only produced for you um, less than 20% of the time yeah, last year. I, I was surprised yeah. to, to hear that as well. I, I thought it would have been closer to 50%. Yeah. So we've got quite a few guys like that in the league. So my, my suggestion is these next few guys we're going to talk about is to try to package them with your third round picks to move up into the second, or maybe you've got a late second round pick and you want to move up to the early second, um, this, the second round of dynasty drafts that that's kind of my favorite spot. Um, cause it's fun to see where, where guys drop to. And then that that's also your opportunity to, uh, to reach on players comfortably too. So you, you don't really want to reach on a guy with the first round pick, uh, if you don't have to. So, um, I, I, I say after the second round, it, any anybody's free game yeah um, but the, the first rounds and super flex you really want to target those running backs you want to target those quarterbacks of course um so the second round that's that that's where the fun and the craziness kind of happens yeah so uh, trade these guys to move up into the second um so any any players that are considered fool's gold uh, i'm going to define that as somebody that scored less than eight points um at least eight times or a player that never eclipsed 12 points uh, more than three times. So we already talked about Robbie Anderson. So I'll just, I'll give you the numbers quick, but do you want to guess how many times he had more than 12 points last year? Um, I think it was, was it, was it twice? It was actually four times. Okay. So um, a little bit better than Kenny Stills, but do you know how many times he had under eight points? Um, and did he play all 16 games? He did. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to guess 10. Uh, close. It was nine. Yeah. So o- over half the time, he's essentially busting for you. And then four of those games, that's the, the true Robbie Anderson games. Uh, so somebody you want to be careful with. And then going back another year, 2018, he still only had four uh, games over 12 points, but he actually had 10 games under eight points. Um, so the last two years, he's – 
um, only produced over 12 points eight total times, and then almost 20 games under eight points. So he's one of those guys, especially moving to the the Panthers. We already talked about the uh, lack of targets that he's probably going to see. But if you've got any Panthers fans or anybody that thinks he's going to be the the next guy to come in and make an impact, package him with your 209 or your 210 and try to move up to that 201 or 202 if if uh, th- that trade's available. So uh, sticking in Carolina, uh, we got Curtis Samuel, and he, he's got a pretty similar play style to Robbie Anderson or at least how he's been used the last couple of seasons. So do you want to take a swing at how many times he put up over 12 points this last year? I think I think his numbers are going to be very similar to Robbie Anderson or not uh to to Kenny Stills. Okay. But was it was it three times? It was five. Okay. And then he also had nine games of under 8 points. Um but going back to uh, 2018, where he only played 14 games. I, I understand where the hype was coming from. Uh, he had three games of 12 or more points, and then he only had five games of under eight points. So he had he had four games between eight to 12. Um, so that's a lot of numbers to throw out there. But essentially, over half of his games, he was scoring um, eight plus points. So so that's pretty good. Uh, flex numbers so that's what uh, brought a lot of people to predict that 2019 was going to be his breakout year so if you follow the numbers um, the logic made sense but it just didn't happen so um, any any of this surprise you yet uh it's it's not it's not surprising but i know a lot of people in the fantasy community have uh compared curtis samuel to possibly being a uh, becoming the stefan Diggs in uh in, in the, the panthers offense so i think he has that 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 name value right now of being a guy who could be a top twenty receiver. So I think just you you got you got to sell high right now um, while you still can. If uh, if whoever's buying didn't realize that the Robbie Anderson deal went down. Yeah. Well, I got two more guys to talk about. Um, we got my my boy Sterling Shepard. Um, this last year he was playing with or he wasn't playing because of concussions, so he only played in 10 games. So of those 10, uh, how many do you think he put up over 12 points? I'm going to guess three again. It, it was four, okay. so almost almost half, but then um, half half of his games, so five of them, he did score under eight, so pretty disappointing. Um, and then going to 2018, he he again had four games of 12 points or more, uh, but he had seven with eight or less. So, uh, unfortunately for Sterling Shepard, uh, they've they've got multiple weapons, and there's rumors they might even take another receiver in the second or third round this year. So, uh, I'm not going to be surprised to see if he's uh, putting up very similar numbers each year. So, uh, a lot of people still like him because he's relatively young. He's uh, 26, so he's. He's close to being the veteran just behind Golden Tate on on that team. Uh, I could see him signing a deal with somebody else once his rookie contract is up. Or hey, actually, he, he signed a deal, I forgot. So uh, scratch that. So he's, he's going to be with the Giants for a couple more seasons. But if you can package him uh, to move up, I'd say uh, make that deal. So lastly... Uh, I'm going to jump to Emmanuel Sanders because he landed in one of the best landing spots he could in New Orleans. 
So in 2019, he actually played 17 games. Did you know that? I, I did. After after the trade was done, he got that bonus week. Yep. So he he played 17 games. So that's that's a lot of games where he could put up over 12 points. So how many games do you think he he broke 12 points? Oh, I owned him for um, the entire season last year, so I should know this one. I think this one was right. At fifty percent, so I'm gonna guess so it's either eight or nine. I'm gonna guess eight. He had five games of uh, twelve points or more. So, um, just another one of those uh, perceptions where we, we we a handful of those games were probably prime time, or it might have been one of those weeks where he he performed so well that he won you a week. But he only had five games out of seventeen. Uh, where he broke those 12 points. Oh, and, I think he was on my bench for those weeks. <laughs> uh, so then games under eight points, uh, do you know how many uh, he had last year? Oh, that's got to be close to, to 10. Uh, it was 10. Yep, see. Yeah. All right, I got yeah. one. <laughs> uh, so then 2018, uh, that's where he was still very productive for the Broncos. He only had five games of 12 points or more, and then he had three of eight or less. Um, so that was where he did have the injury. So he only played 12 games, uh, but a quarter of them were busts and just under half uh, was pretty good. So with him landing with the saints, like I said, that's one of the best landing spots. I've got him in a couple of leagues and I'm hoping to flip him with one of my picks to move up. Um, I think he, he'll have a few games with the saints this year where, where he's going to uh, make the defense pay but I think he's going to be one of those guys that they're uh, towards the end of the season, assuming he's still healthy, which, which is kind of a big F. Um, but if he's healthy out there, they might kind of limit his snaps so they can uh, keep him uh, nice and fresh for the playoffs. And I don't think they're going to need to use him a lot. The, the Saints still have a really good defense. Uh, they've got two really good running backs and plenty of other weapons. They still have Traquan Smith. So I'm not too excited about Emmanuel Sanders in the future, um, but I'm excited for the opportunity to, to sell him. Um, so of those five guys, uh, who's, who are you trying to get rid of the quickest or who are you, who are you targeting? So you, you don't necessarily have to be selling these guys, but what are, what are your thoughts on? on them? I think, I think it would be Robbie Anderson just because of the, uh, the, the contract that he just received, but, um, he has had some problems off the field. So I think that is a, a big red, red flag for me. So it's possible that he goes to, to Carolina and just, just doesn't do anything. Um, I, I think he is still going to cut into Curtis Samuel. So those are two guys that I, I'd want to be selling, but um, there, there's, there's a, a possibility that I haven't heard anybody talking about that. Robbie Anderson could, could just go there, um, um, have some, some problems that not, fitting into the offense and just kind of flame up. And then he um, was uh, a waste of a, a roster spot. So I think, I think Robbie would be, be the one I'm trying to get rid of the most. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think he's still looked at as one of the youngest guys of that group too. So there's definitely people out there that are going to value him. So, um, well, that's all yeah. I had planned for tonight. Uh, we should probably throw in some, uh, supplement or workout talk one of these days we'll actually plan something but I've been I've been stuck in the house so I'm, I'm up to yeah about 180 push-ups a day now 
Um, and I've been super nice. setting that with um, doing some uh, some squats and doing a 10 by 10. So just at 135 pounds, so a couple of plates. Um, but the 10 by 10, that's considered ger- German volume training. Uh, it's a good way to boost the testosterone and uh, really burn some some fat, especially with with limited rest. So I think I think the last time you and I hung out, we did some of those 10 by 10 workouts. Uh, so I'm still doing that and I'm still uh, consuming my ghost amino acids. Uh, but I'll be placing it in an order next week for upcoming giveaways as well. So what what have you been doing now that the gyms are closed? Well, uh, lucky for me, uh, being on, on a volunteer fire department, um, they have not closed that gym yet. So as long as it is only one person working out in the gym at a time, um, the chief has not closed closed the gym down yet. So I've still been able to get my um, get my, my lifts in. So I'm I'm uh, doing the the full body three days a week with with lifting and then um, running on, on my days off in between. So um, I uh, I hit, hit the deadlifts pretty hard two days ago, and then yesterday I went for a run um, and ended up four miles away from my house, and it got very cold in just the uh, gym shorts and started to rain. So I actually had to call my wife to come come pick me up. So that was. Uh, kind of an, an embarrassing moment, but, uh, but yeah, that's, that's, that's what I've been up to. Yeah. That's the, the fun part to living in Minnesota in March. You don't know what, uh, yep. the weather's going to hold every hour. Cool. Well, this yeah. has been uh fun kind of going over these full fool's gold guys. Uh, of course we got the Darrell Henderson talk in there as well. Uh, anything else you want to leave on? Um, I, I do have a lot of stuff prepared, but I think, uh, I think it's, it's enough to add for the, the next, uh, next show that we might do either tomorrow or uh, Friday night. So I'm, I'm working, uh, 72 hours straight at work. So just trying to stay away from all surfaces, um, stay away from getting this uh, coronavirus. So I've just been on my, my laptop preparing information. So, um, we look forward to, uh, an upcoming show. Nice. Yeah. And I'll throw out there. Uh, we're doing the, the 16 man uh, guillotine or apocalypse league. And because we're all just stuck in indoors and a lot of people are going to fe- be feeling this financially, uh, it's no longer going to be to raise funds for the Haiti trip. Uh, we're just going to play for 16 bucks. So it's a 16 man, $16 apocalypse league. Uh, each week, the lowest scoring team gets eliminated and then everybody else is going to be fighting over those players in free agency. Uh, winner takes all. So if you want to throw in 16 bucks and try to stay alive, uh, winner gets uh, 256 at the end of the, the season. So uh, we're about halfway full, and I'd expect us to be drafting here um, in the next couple of days. And uh, it's going to include rookies as well. So that'll just add a little bit of extra fun. So if, if you want to use one of your top picks on Swift or Taylor just to guarantee you get one of those guys, in a league this year, you can go for it. So, um, well, yeah, you want to get us out of here? Yeah. Well, I, I was, I had one, one more question for you. Do you want to re-explain the, the, uh, the giveaway kind of, kind of end on yeah. that note? Yep. Get, get, get yeah, people's so takes. Submit, uh, your prediction on where Cam Newton is going to land. Uh, so the first person to submit a guess, uh, I just got, uh, it, I guess sent to me while we we're doing the show that he's going to land with the Redskins. Um, so the first person to correctly guess where Cam Newton lands, 
uh, you're going to win some ghost amino acids. So uh, send me or Tom uh, a message and let us know your, predicting, uh, your prediction on the landing spot. All right. Looking forward to hearing those predictions. Until tomorrow or Friday night, keep it flexy.